I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, my name is Chris Paul and I am the CEO and founder of Man on Inverclyde, a mental health charity based in Greenock in the west of Scotland. And we're bringing you this message today to raise awareness of mental health and raise awareness of our charity and how we can maybe support you, your friends or your loved ones if you need it. Now, we started off as a suicide prevention charity and we're continuing that mission. We want to break the stigma attached to mental health. We want to break the stigma attached to men's mental health. And I know that a lot of men will be listening to this podcast. So please get in touch with us via Mano and Inverclyde on social media. Um, you'll find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you're not on social media and you want to get in touch with us via email, just type in support at manoninverclyde.com. Our landline here is 01475-910258. So yeah, get in touch with us. If you're struggling with your own mental health or you're concerned about a friend or a family member, one of our staff members are volunteers here to support you. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast and tonight we are doing a live stream so hopefully getting some viewers on the, the podcast tonight and get some questions and comments in. So we'll be previewing the, the Hibs game from the weekend um, looking at how that was and, and, and discussing that in length, uh, hopefully touching on the performance of Rangers um, and looking at some refereeing decisions and and in that match and some themes that we're noticing and looking forward to, to PSV. So obviously um, I'll be doing it myself um, tonight. I'm joined by three other people. Um, first uh, up is Davey Paul. Davey, how are you doing, mate? I'm good. Good, Chris. Yeah, uh, good to be back on and looking forward to thrashing out some of the issues because uh, I know we'd have a bit controversial, some of them, but um, we'll plough through it. Aye, aye, we'll get through it, mate. A bit of controversy always follows us. I think when we go Easter Road, um, there's always something that comes out of that match. It's always tasty, um, but we'll get into that shortly. Mason, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, well, good. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having us back on. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I think it's going to be cancelling um, from from the results Saturday. Um, didn't take it too well and still still in, in the half. So, uh, you know, hopefully after this, be looking forward to uh, Wednesday night. Aye, it was um, wasn't great, wasn't great. We'll get into it. And joining us again from abroad, David Tomlinson. David, how's things with yourself, mate? Yeah, great. Thanks. Uh, looking forward to tonight. I've got a, a few subjects that are going to be quite meaty. So <laughs> put your put your kids to bed before it starts. I would say. <laughs> Aye, we'll get through. Try and get through a lot. There's a lot to discuss, particularly from from the game on Saturday. So I'll I'll touch on the game um, in a second. But obviously, with, with ourselves through 
the Gallant Few um, podcast. We were invited along as part of the press team on uh, Saturday for the game. Colin uh, managed to, to wangle as a, a pass in to the game and he'd asked myself to go along and represent the podcast on the day. And it was, a, other than the result, it was actually a really good experience um, for myself to go along. I was delighted to, to get up and do it um, and big thanks to the media team at, at Hibs for looking after us on the day, um, making sure that we were well looked after and also as well the other people from the Rangers media that had a, had a chat with um, throughout the day and sat next to and watched the game. Must admit um, it was a surreal experience watching the Rangers end build up um, as, as the away fans were coming in. Um, I certainly was was tempted to try and go over and join them, but I was too far away. And when the Rangers goals were getting in, it was pretty tough actually to contain um, my delight. Obviously, but I equally so when the equaliser went in for Hibs, it was painful because they were obviously in front of us. But I hopefully handled myself all right. We'll hopefully get an invite going back to the to the next game, um, and hopefully somebody else from the podcast can get a wee shot of going to that because it was a great experience. Um, and thanks again to um, the, the the guys Adam and the other people at Hibs for for looking after us on the day. Unfortunately, we never got a chance to interview any of the Rangers players or Geo because they've done a Sky Sports interview. Um, but hopefully, we get a chance to to do that in future. I did get close to the players at one point, so I'm taking that as a as a win. Um, and managed to get a, a sort of small conversation with a couple of them as they were walking into the um, changing rooms. But uh, it was a good experience and massive shout out to, to Colin for um, sorting that out and getting that. I know he's working so hard behind the scenes just now um, to get the Gallant Few podcast up there with, with some of the other fan medias. So fair play to him for doing that and the continual emails um, has finally paid off. So aye, uh, that was that was the experience for, for Saturday. Come on to the game, um, which maybe was name. Always the best experience, to be honest. Um, two each, it, it finished. Um, David Pollock, I'll come to yourself first. What's your sort of? We're obviously going to have a segment on uh, the Bold Willie column. Um, I'm sure he'll maybe be listening for that one because he does love the attention of um, after the games. However, just in terms of a match, the performance levels, particularly up until um, the, the controversy of the two red cards, how do you think uh, Rangers played? In the first half, not very well. Not very well. It was uh, the the penalty was our first shot on target. You know, at forty four odd minutes, you know, it was uh, we had lots of the possession. We just weren't moving the ball quickly enough. Uh, Hibs, obviously, uh, I think they realised, you know, after they did ha- after about half an hour that maybe Rangers aren't that good, and had a you know kind of emboldened them almost. You know, to have a wee pop at us. So, yeah, just far too slow, not uh, too, too laborious, taking the easy option. We should be moving it quicker. We should be sharper into challenges. We should be on our toes, you know. And at the start of the second half didn't, didn't improve any. Obviously, they went and conceded the equaliser. Uh, and, you know, we did well then. We kind of pulled ourselves up with the, the bootstraps and uh, managed to get ourselves back in front. And then the, then the ceiling came in as it was uh, all down to, you know, a particular individual who we'll get on to. But uh, no, it wasn't a, a good watch for me on Saturday. I was, uh, at the, by the end of the game, you know, it was, uh, the, air, the air was blue. It was, uh, I had lots of uh, sweary words for that. Aye, Man, aye. We, we almost we almost did it to, to see it out and to be honest it would have had we won two one and, and we got the three points I think that would have covered up a whole lot of issues that we should be addressing should be discussing because it wasn't pretty so we should uh, we should at least be honest with ourselves and and and, and have like an, an honest discussion rather than you know being a two one win covering up you know what was uh, for me unacceptable performance. Yeah. I actually, I actually think you made a good point there because we obviously didn't get away with it with the points. I don't know if you cast your mind back to last season at Easter Road when we get the Kamar Roof penalty, um, and I actually thought the performance that night was quite poor as well. Not to, not to compare obviously seasons, but there, there was some themes there. But but certainly for me, I agree with you. The pace, the tempo was was just very, it was very strange to watch. Um, there was a reluctance for. 
our players to, to be having any. I mean, there was there was opportunities to the, the top of my head. Ryan Kent had a great opening. Um, Tom Lawrence had a great opening. Um, and, you know, we, we're just not hitting the, hitting the shots away. And you're, there's actually what the one with Kent, there's a still image of it going about just now. Um, and the Hibs player, there's three Hibs players have actually, I know it's a still image, but they actually look as if their body has stopped anticipating that he's going to get a shot away and it's going to be a goal. Very bizarre. And the comment there on the screen is, when are we going to start going for teams from the start? We've hardly had a decent attempt at goal in the first half hour of any game this season. And that's right, the start that gets put out that I wasn't aware of, we've not scored in the first 30 minutes in the last um, the last 10 matches, which is maybe 11 matches now. So very strange, very, very bizarre. Um, it's possession-based football. We know that with Gio. We, we heard that was going to be the case. Um, but sometimes actually watching it in the flesh, and, and you touched on a good point, David. Um, the Hibs manager sussed it out actually after you know probably twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, and he made the double subs. Mason, I'll come to yourself. What was um, you know what was your thoughts in that sort of first, the first half, but first bit of the second half, the Hibs changes, the, the way the game was flowing. I'll be honest. I thought Hibs were there for the taking. I thought I thought they set up. They didn't. They didn't come at us at all the whole first half. So sort of sitting in, just waiting and see what what we were going to do. We were really slow and, and sloppy in possession. Got caught a couple of times, and I think a better team like Wednesday night punishes us. Um, it was just. It was just. We're going through the motions. It's easy to play against. And as I say, I, I thought Hibs. You know. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think they're in it any better nick than they were last season. I actually think they come out worse. Uh, we should have a decent team goes and scores two and three goals in the first half, and that's not being sort of over the top. I just think we were so poor. The penalty, you know, a first shot on target in that first half is just it's just totally unacceptable. But it's not the first time this season. I don't think we've had a. I can't really come away and say we've played well throughout a 70, 80 minutes. Even even sixty minutes all season, and we've had a four 0 win in there and a three 0 win in there against USG. But I just feel like I'm just waiting for us to, to hit form, and at the minute, it's just been really frustrating. And on top of that, to, to drop points at a place where we shouldn't be dropping points. And I know it's Easter Road, but as I said, you know their centre halves. I think we've got to be going there and scoring goals. And uh, yeah, two shots in the end, you know, which was the penalty and the goal. It's just it's totally unacceptable, as David said. No, it's, it it really is, and. It's not good enough, and I think we're, we're watching it. I think what, what grabs the headlines and what then diverts a lot of the stuff is what happened in the rest of the match um, after that period of time, clearly. But certainly I'm glad that we're doing it justice here on the podcast in terms of some of the concerns that, that we've had before that because it's easy to blame other places, which, you know, if, if we were to just look directly at that, then maybe Rangers do get a, a better result. I think if we play the game with 10 men for the last 15 minutes, then... I would probably do, but who's to blame there? Obviously, we can get into that in a minute. Um, David Tomlinson, what was your thoughts up to about, um, aye, around about the 65-minute mark? How did you think we played similar to the, the rest of the guys? Were you ha- unhappy with the sort of flatness of runners? Sorry. It's been, that, it's been that way uh, for, for a while now, really. I mean, we, we start slow. and I even think last year we were, were starting slow. And a lot we were 1-0 behind before, after about five minutes, ten minutes. So we had to fight to get back on level terms. Um, I, I wrote down, as when I've seen your agenda, I'd, I'd actually wrote down before it, are Rangers actually stopping people from shooting? Because... That Lawrence, when he when he when he came in, he was hitting them from all di- uh, different uh, distances, and now he seems to get a great chance. He's in the box. He's he's found about the penalty spot, I think, not not a few no. a lot way uh, further, and he tries to pass it to Kent, which was a probably probably the, the, his shot would have been less hard than the pass he put in, and I uh, just oh, and then you, you get Kent. He took out three players absolutely brilliantly. It, then he should have hit it, but it didn't. He tried to go for the fourth player, and then he just overran it, and the the, the chance was gone. But um, no, I, I don't. Yeah, it's, it's like I say, the Rangers. Is it something that we're, we're, we're the, the, I think they would rather keep possession than have a shot at goal, and that's that's just, it's really worrying. Uh, yeah, it's same. I said it last week. Goldson. When he comes through, there's a lot of times he gets to about 30 yards and 
he's got, he, he must be able to break the, burst the net if, if he hits him from there. But I, I, he never, never does it. Never, I think he's done it. I think I've seen him doing it once and the whole time that he's played for us. So, no, I think we, we seem to have an anti-shooting uh, thing. And, yeah, it's... Uh, we, we need to we need to do something. We need to get some. I mean, if we play like that against PSV, but what chance have we got, really? That's uh, that that's uh, the the crux of the matter. But um, a higher standard by, by when you play against PSV. But I think we saw from obviously we, we touched on it. We get a penalty. Um, Tav, you know, converting the penalty as he does. You go in at half time and you're thinking. Personally, for me, I'm sitting thinking we've stole that there. Like we've 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 not deserved it, but you're taking it obviously. Um, the Hibs just came out for me second half when we done the um, press match conference now I sound like a proper journalist now don't I but when we done the press match conference and Lee Johnson was was talking he said that he'd done a biblical team talk um, and he said it was his team sent his team out sharp um, and to be fair they did look up for it right from the off and they, they get the goal in about 50 minutes Martin Boyle was just a Total pest all, all game, to be honest. He just absolutely turns up against um, us and probably most of the league, to be fair. He's a, he's a decent player, but he gets on the end of a good play, which I think the goal was avoidable for us as well. I think there was there was opportunities that we could have avoided that. Tav switches off, Cholak doesn't hold the ball up well. Um, the boy gets in, he was rapid all game. He actually gave Tav a, a horrid time, um, to be honest, that boy in the wing. Um, gets the ball in, Hibs equalised, but Rangers then, you know, go ahead. In the game, um, Ryan Kent, agree with you, Davey. I think there was moments in the game where you could see that he had magic in his boots and he was up for it. There was others, the choices were poor. But he puts in Borna, and when Borna offers that left-wing attacking option, it's a real danger because teams know how dangerous his left peg can be. Puts the ball in, and it was actually a beautiful finish by Lawrence the Heed getting on the end. I love a goal like that, you know, just a combat of heater. And, and, and then you're thinking, give me a shout here, David Pollock. I, you know, when the second one went in, I'm thinking, yeah, this is this is more like it. And you saw the difference when uh, Kent gets the ball and then Borna bursts his arse to, to make to make the run for him. You know, so Kent, Ryan Kent now has options. He's got Borna on the left. He, does he cut inside? So which keeps the Hibs players guessing. They elected to late and for Borna. Borna pings it in. Bang! Great goal. Fantastic goal. I mean, but that was uh, the the one shining light and and pretty much a. a a rather dark day. It was kind of dull grey anyway. It wasn't pitch black, but it was dull grey. So you're thinking, there's there's the way to do it. And uh, you wonder why we, we couldn't have had that, more of that in the first half. It was, mm-hmm. as Dave said, you're all too slow. You're taking too many touches, retaining possession rather than take a risk. And, and you know, you saw what, what Borna did last week when, you know, the game against USG, when when the ball rolls back to Borna and he just takes a punt at it. The ball ends up, you know, 100 feet in the air, but comes down and Tillman knocks it in. So that's the, the what happens when, you know, you do the unexpected. If you're going to do the entirely predictable, Hibs are waiting on you. They, they, they know the script. They've seen Rangers loads of times, so... They know exactly what's coming, and we were all just—it was too slow, too predictable. There's, there's no runners, uh, <clears throat> and we were. But when we got ourselves in front, you know, we're you're saying, "Yippee!" You know, we can push on from here. But of course, you know, the events conspired against us. You know, with the with the, with the sending off, that was uh, that wasn't on my script, and it, it's particularly frustrating in, in a number of respects because you know we only. Had, Rangers only had seven fouls in the whole game, and uh, we had two red cards. So it's uh, it was the Lundstrom thing's never a red card, eh? So and that just so, however the game would have transpired. But I think at that point, the most influential man on the park in the sixty-six minutes the ball had been in play then becomes Wally Collum because he's changed the game utterly here. You know what? Unnecessarily, you know, and wrongly, indeed. So uh, after that, it was going to be an uphill climb. But I'm thinking, you know, ten men, you know, we've done no bad. When uh, Alfredo comes on and does his bit, that was uh, that's when the steam shot out of my ears. At that point, it became uh, a bit of a rant. I started to do that kind of cage line walk up and down the living room in front of the TV. So that's when when the people in here know things aren't going well. So. <laughs> Aye, but 
it wasn't great from that moment onwards as you touched on there Hibs break up the park Martin Boyle again with the, the pace Lundstrom for me it's it's one of those fills where you're taking one for the team you know you're you're preventing them from going forward but they're nowhere near their goal so it's a booking all day long um, similar to the Doyle Hayes challenge that happened in the first half um, actually his was probably a, with a bit more aggression um, but again when I saw the tackle I thought fair play you've, you've broke our plaguing up um, booking takes the booking moves on um, for me Lundstrom's was, was actually with less aggression and it he slides in from a bit of a distance and then clips his heel um, we've seen Lundstrom go in tackles with a bit more intent um, even in Europe sometimes with your heart in your mouth you're like Ugh. but that for me anyway I know everybody views it differently um, but that for me wasn't um, was not a, a red card but and, and I'll come on to this obviously with yourself in a sec Mason but I'm still thinking he is off we've probably got enough here to see a suit still um, but then obviously Alfredo Morelos. Um, don't know what frame of mind Alfredo was in when he came on. Um, certainly, no his usual self, sort of lashing out wee kicks and um, not looking in a great frame of mind. To be honest, with, when he came on, um, however, he's then sent off not long after, and we're, we're doing to uh, nine men, which we know unless you're playing St Mirren in a cup final, um, it's going to be an uphill battle because that's just not something that. Um, you kind of recover for Easter Road. It was just continual pressure for them. Mason, I'll come to you next in terms of both red cards. Um, what's your your thoughts first on Lundstrom and then on Alfredo's? Yeah, Lundstrom's is, is not a red card. Uh, we see a, ta- a similar tackle yesterday as well uh, in the Newcastle Man City game that was red and then got rescinded. Um, another problem we've got, and as, as you said, Chris, will come to VAR, but. I just don't know in any other league where it gets introduced halfway through a season. It's just utterly pathetic and sums up sort of Scottish football and who runs Scottish football, to be honest. But yeah, he gave the red. Willie Collum, I knew second half he was going to level it up. He gave us a penalty that was a penalty. But their reaction, the reaction of their players, I, I said that he's going to he's going to level this up. Give them a penalty or send one of our players off. And I think sometimes we've got to be a little bit more streetwise as well. I think it is a, it isn't a red card and, and, and that. But I don't think Lundstrom needs to make that tackle there. If you watch it back, Sands is covering. I just think it was a bit needless. Not red, but it, you know the referee give it, and we're down to ten from that split split decision. Ken absolutely kills him as well with the pass by cutting inside. He done it all game. He did not need to go that way. Cut inside and gives him a pass two yards. When he when we scored, he went the other way to to, to Barisic. So I have no idea why he didn't do that. But yeah, it weren't a red. We're up against it. Morelos comes on, and as soon as he come on, I could just tell by his face. I said he's 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 going to do something here. 20 seconds later, he has a little kick out, which we get away with. We end up getting a corner. And then you're thinking, right, and then two minutes after that, he's off. And I can't defend Maros. I can't. I've defended him in the past, but this is just one too many. He should have been coming on for us, being the main man, making sure he's leading the line on Wednesday night. He should have... Everything that's been written and said about him, Boyd was absolutely spot on. He proved it. Boyd proved he's he's bang on with his reaction, Maros. He's... Getting to the point now where I'm just like, do you know what? Are we best off just cutting our losses? And because that attitude, if I was a player at full time, I would have. I swear to God, I would, I would kill him. Honestly, it was because it's cost us three points. I think. I think ten men. We were playing poor, but you know we've got enough in there. We can. We, we can leave an outlet. And I, I don't think Hibs were playing great either. And, and 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 we've got more of a chance. But but to do that, he absolutely kills us. And um, and I said in the group chat yesterday that. Looking back on it, maybe Gio should have left, you know, brought us a car or a right on and left an outlet. It's easy for us to say now, and, and I, I think to actually looking back now, to have 20 minutes of just constant pressure, it was inevitable they were going to score, and, and that's what happened. Yeah. No, I know it's it was it was inevitable, but I think you're spot on what you're saying. Alfredo Morelos, even at sort of 70% capacity and the right mind and the right mindset up front with 10 men is what you're after. He gets you up the park, he's winning you fouls, um, he's giving you a bit of respite. It was absolutely relentless um, from from the moment on. For he get, he gets sent off, the crowd were up for it. Um, it was it was, it was was inevitable, as you say, that that was going to come. Actually, in, in my head, sitting there thinking, I'm thinking we could lose us here. 
like there was that long left in the in the game that they could have, if they would have got an earlier goal, um, it could have been curtains to be honest towards the end. But Davy um, Tomlinson, um, what was your thoughts on on both red cards? Obviously, um, the guys have, have, have touched on both, but what was what was your thoughts? Well, I think I was the the, the first one to to keep saying I thought it was a red card. And in the group chat yesterday, I, I, I kept right on to about nine o'clock at night, I think, saying, yeah, it was a red card because he, he, he came from behind, he lunged and he hit his, he, he got his knee knee height. But I've, I've, now that I've seen the, the Newcastle uh, one, the, the, the yellow card for the, the Hibs boy, um, and read the rules and it seemed the, that the guy Gallagher, the referee Gallagher, he, he said it was, it wasn't a red card as well this afternoon. And he said it wasn't dangerous or serious foul play, so it should have been a yellow card. So obviously, I'm wrong. But will we call him the loads of rules? I don't. I'm haven't read the rules for years. In fact, I don't think I've ever read the rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're drummed into you as a kid. But um, no, I think he should he should know the rules, and uh, he, he should have gave the card. The the but it's the speed that he gives it. At. I mean, he was just. As if it was, oh, I can't wait to get this red card out, especially with Morelos. I mean, he, he, he was about 10 minutes or 10 yards away and he had the, the card already in his hand. And, and that, that's what sort of annoys you. It's just a shame that, again, this year, refereeing decisions are going to probably uh, give the result for the league. It's, and that's a, it's a shame. That referees, see if a referee's got a good game, you'll not notice them. And that's the thing. And Willie Collum, he seems to want people to notice him, and because he wants to be the big man. And the way he sort of looks all, all up, and then you you think, yeah, what a diddy. But um, no, Morelos, that's a that's a different thing. That's um, he gets sent off for virtually the same thing. Was it last year or the year before when he flicked his hand out at one of the players? And yeah, he should know. He, he knows he's. He is refereed to a different standard. Let's, let's put it that way. And but he should know that himself. And it's stupid. And I think David Pollock actually said last year uh, when he's up against Porteous, Porteous will be going out to get him to wind him up. I'm not sure whether it was David said that. Somebody said it in the pod last last week. And uh, that, that's exactly what happened. That uh, they 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 wound him up within. I mean, it took them six minutes, I think, to to, to get him so far. But no, it's it's just stupid, and I think Rangers Rangers are uh, protesting against the Lundstrom card. Um, that's the update that the club of 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 appealed. It's not to say that they're not going to appeal um, Morelos's, but um, obviously they've appealed Lundstrom, which would maybe mean that they're not going to be appealing um, Alfredo's. But there's been a comment um, here from Rangers Avengers saying. Morelis get rid soon as a liability and always has been. I just want to touch on that a wee bit because obviously you've mentioned it as well there, um, Davey, about get sent off. He's not been sent off since 2019. Um, and he, I certainly, the, the Morelos that we saw at the weekend there um, is, is going back to that sort of old mould of 2019 Morelos where I think he was probably not going to have a future at a club if he continued the, the way that he played. So that's a concern for me because I had felt that Morelos had worked hard to get that out of his game. Um, he plays on the edge, he plays good on the edge, but I'd felt that he'd get rid of it and the Morelos that we saw for the very small cameo at Easter Road was potentially going back to that 2019, easy to wind up, easy to get in his face, get sent off. Um, and aye, it was a poor decision. I think you saw the body language even in the, the players at the time when he was going off, particularly Tav, because um, he was going off the park thinking it was funny and laughing and reacting, um, but it put us right right into a horrible place, um, as we touched on. But aye, Rangers have obviously appealed appealed the, appealed it, and as we know, the, the game then uh, has, has, what, 20 minutes or something to go, like, for, including the injury time. Um, as we've touched on, it was, was absolutely inevitable that uh, Hibs were going to get the goal. Um, it was just a, a, you know, fortunate that they probably didn't have a lot of time to try and go for the third. But even the... Even 
I don't know, like, tactically, you've not really got much to do. You want to do the four four blocks of four, I get it, and you want to try and stifle it out, but to have nothing um, at all, when even, like, a wing option or nothing, John McLaughlin's kicks just kept going at the park. It was it was a really hard watch. It was probably the longest 20 minutes of my time um, watching Rangers. Davey, uh, Paul, do you think we were fortunate not to get uh, a defeat then, given that there was 20 minutes to go? Do you think a point... In the end, given everything that was 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 actually wasn't the the worst result when we reflect on everything. Uh, well, to get out with the two each draw, you know, you would you know after having you know went down to nine men, you would say, well, gosh, it could have been worse. So you're there's that there's that small grain of comfort, I suppose. But the the concern for me is how we ended up in that position in the first place. How did we allow and you know an indifferent Hibs team? You know, to, to get to take two points off of us. You know, from the kickoff and and the management of that game, uh, that it was just poor fare all round. As for Morelis, that is that is unprofessionalism in the extreme. Because as Mason's touched on, see if if you're a member of a team and one of your teammates does that, you're ballistic. You're going absolutely nuts. Because and there's always been the wee suspicion that that. Alfredo paddles his own canoe, and and this is just but the latest example of it. You know that he, he can. Uh, and I even thought this during the fifty five season, and and when the, the the celebrations on the pitch, there's, there's Alfredo always seems to be kind of outside the core. He's never, and I I think that his his commitment is, and I think that reflects his team his teammates' view of him, and and you can see. You know, on Sunday, just that's just the latest examples. Too often, Alfredo's done that, and he'll he'll do things which are just not in the best interest of the team. So Alfredo's been to Easter Road now how many times? So he comes on the pitch, and he knows Porteous and and his entourage will be making a beeline for him, and he's so unprofessional that he doesn't know that it's going to happen, and then reacts the way that he does. It's absolutely insane. I mean, because I mean, I've played football, Mason. You know that. See, as soon as you identify yourselves as a weakness, they will zoom in on you. They'll make it. They're they're at you like a you know. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. They know and you're going to react and then Alfredo, of course, just does what Alfredo does. That's just unforgivable for me. And and whoever made the comment, get rid, I'm, I'm kind of coming round to that, that view because for me, Alfredo's probably the best player in our squad. But he's not the best player in the team because sometimes that he doesn't play as if he's a member of the team. And Saturday was just the latest example of that. So if if Cholak, Cholak sorry, is, continues to score, I would be a, I would certainly listen to offers. The problem is no one no one would we we would probably get a fraction of what we would have got. You know, had we sold him, you know, at his, at his highest point. But uh, what you do with Alfredo now, and, and I, is he beyond help? Can you sit down and have a rational conversation with the guy and say, this is unacceptable, Fredo? I don't think he's capable of that chat. He's just not. So, no, I'm sorry, you don't over. There's definitely concerns there. You know, as I said, if he's going back the way in terms of, I think a lot of Alfredo's game, the way he plays, is actually psychological in terms of where he's at. Um, and you don't know how the five-month half has been for him, watching the club get to 
the Europa League final, where his head's at, does he want to be here? Can he be bothered going through the process again or is he just counting down the time? Um, this Football Shed's comment here, Alfredo cost a million and he's repaid it a hundred times over, been a loyal servant and as a club legend. Not sure he's a club legend because I think that's only a, a very select few group for me, but um, certainly in the eyes of my uh, 13-year-old son, uh, he probably is, but um, 100%, I totally agree though, he, he, the, the cost and what that guy's gave us, you know, the moments he's gave us, um, without a doubt he will um, go down in, in this recent history of of Rangers teams as, as a, a great player for us, you know, he's without a doubt, um, he has been, he's been excellent, I think if he doesn't get that injury, um, or his fit for the Europa League final, we probably win that as well because he was he's he's been brilliant for us in at, at different times. Um, but I I think he is I when he's at his best, he's he's unbelievable. But as he as he at his best, is he going to get at his best? I don't know. Um, we'll we'll just need to see where it goes. Um, there's been a comment there: top Euro scorer and not a legend. Ah, yeah, I'm talking legends here. Um, in terms of Walter Smith. Bill Struff, Alan McCoy, people like that. Um, however, uh, on the refereeing decisions, we touched on it, Mason. Um, VAR, you touched on it as well. W- would you think that, obviously we saw it overturned in, in the, the City game. Um, you've already touched on it, it's a shambles, the fact that it's not um, going to be put in place to, you know, halfway through a season. It's just a ludicrous decision, to be honest. The sooner it comes in, the better. But is it going to make any difference? Again, I think you said it in the, the group chat earlier, Chris. It, it depends who's who's monitoring, you know, wherever it is, who's looking at it. Um, because I see in one of the comments there, someone uh, commented about Willie Willie Collum and said he, he's not he's not a cheat and 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 he don't think he supports another team. And I agree. I don't think he's a cheat. I just think he's he's not a very good referee. Um, but then you could have the same issue with whoever does the VAR. They could be useless as well. So. It's, 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 guys, it's, you know, I, I want it in. And I think if we get it in, there's, there's a very good chance that we go on to win the game, even though we weren't at our best. And, and that's the most frustrating thing for me is we've dropped points where VAR's not in already. We're going to park it in two weeks' time when VAR's not in. Time the World Cup, you know, is, is finished. Apparently VAR's coming in. What's the first game of the new year? Them at Ibrox and it'll be in. So, you know, that, that that for me is the frustration, the biggest frustration at the minute with referees, VAR. We've dropped two points. We're four goals behind on goal difference and we go to Parkhead next week. And to be honest, we're not in great shape. And, and that's being honest. We're not, we're not, we're not. We're, at the moment, we don't look like a title winning team. And, um, you know, th- th- there's no excuse for that. We should be, we should be hungry. Again, another comment said we don't look as hungry. And I, I agree with that. Absolutely. Whether that's come from the management, GO, the players, but we just look, miles off being champions at the minute, let alone getting in the Champions League, and that's the truth. I know, and we'll come on to that comment because I was keeping that one um, for, I suppose, discussing here. It's Brian Taylor has said, we don't seem to have that hunger. Such a fall from the 2021 season. What's your thoughts on that, David Tomlinson, in terms of where we're at? Because we're looking at a kind of bigger picture. We've been discussing it today, obviously. Um, you know, starting games slow, starting half slow. Uh, reluctance to shoot, we've already touched on that. Loss of physicality in the team, kind of getting bullied out of matches. Just not having the hunger Brian's touching on, do you think that he's got a point based on what we've saw so far? Well, you don't, don't really, I mean, it's only John Lundstrom that really gets right into meaty tackles for the rest of you. I mean, if you, if you look at Matondo and uh, uh, Saturday, he's the tackle he put in at the, the goal, the Hibs first goal. It was absolutely shocking. I mean, he just it was like he stuck in his big toe and then then took it out before uh, before anything happened. And that, no, that's just uh, if you're a Rangers player, you should be bouncing into these tackles uh, maybe a lot of force, and we, we just don't seem to do that. And, and, and like everybody's been saying, this the horseshoe pass can ruin the horseshoe, and it, it just gives other teams the. the Chance to get nine, ten players behind the ball, and it's it's just uh, horrible. But to to go back to to the referees, uh, I, I really think it, I, I think that bringing in far, it's really funny that it's that it's uh, coming in in the middle of the season. Why? Why is it, what's the difference between the middle of the season and the fourth? That the cynic in me says is it to give a certain team a, a good lead before. 
far far controls the decisions. But um, it's, it's uh, no. And the, the thing with Far, I mean, I hope it, 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 it's got to be good. It's, Far's got to be good. But the the problem is, it's the same Muppets that are probably refereeing the games that are going to be refereeing uh, doing the Far. So whether it will make a big improvement, obviously decisions that are that you can see from a mile away will be will become obvious. But mm. it's just just wee wee silly decisions that. Uh, that 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 will probably spoil. And as I, as I said before, it's just a shame that referees are, are are deciding leagues, and that that's what's happened. It happened last year, and it's happening this year again. So hopefully, hopefully they put that right, and hopefully we we get a hunger. But see, the other the other thing I I thought as well. See, when when you you talked about uh, four two banks of four, but I don't think we did. I think we played a bank of five at the back, and then and a, a three. We, we had uh, Arfield and Davis, and can't think who the other one was, running running about in the midfield, chasing everything. And then we had five men that stuck behind. And that, I mean, I think that was wrong as well. I think we, I think we should have stuck one up front, that to give up to give us an out ball because all we were doing was punting the ball up the park and saying, "Okay, boys, bring it back to us." But if you've got somebody up up front that's fast, then you've always got an out ball. But they could just throw everybody up into our half because they didn't have MD to mark. So that's, that's one thing I did. It was relentless. It was just wave after wave of attack. And to be fair, we, we nearly got away with it. Um, breaks out to the boy at the edge of the box. And to be fair, it was a, a cracking finish. I know a few people were maybe questioning the goalkeeper for it, but it was a, a, a great finish. And The goalkeeper couldn't see it. Goalkeeper, he, he, he was blind. Goalkeeper would stand in front of him because I, I seen the from the from the angle that, that the player was standing at. The goalkeeper couldn't see it. He was he was blinded by uh, by Goldson, and there was another player standing there, I think, as well. And the ball was in net before he even seen it. So I, ah. I don't believe that. No, I know, I know. What's your thoughts on uh, Val David Pollock in terms of bringing it? And midway through the season, will it make a difference? I did touch on that earlier, as Mason said. It depends who's up there um, doing it, how competent they are. Because I think for me, that touching on what you said, Dave, I'm, I'm not sure it's a... I just don't buy into the, the sort of narrative where it's it's all geared towards a certain team winning a league. I know that some people have that thought process and people people have, have that one way or another. But I don't really think... For me, in my opinion, I don't think it is a... Um, but I'm not sure that they've got the competence levels within the refereeing team in Scotland to actually make the right decisions. Like yesterday, that takes a brave decision to change that in the Man City game, um, and they've done it. But what do you think of how it's going to play out in Scotland, Davey, and uh, coming in halfway through? Well, I think uh, Saturday's uh, Lundstrom's red card on Saturday will get will be overturned. You know, if we had VAR, you know, so we with the game would have then continued with Rangers with eleven men. So. It would change the game in that respect, but I wouldn't. I certainly don't get too hung up on you know whether the the VAR is going to save us and we'll somehow become you know a better team and we'll we'll have ten shots in target in the first half rather than one because that's a far bigger issue for me in terms of Rangers' performances than worrying about the Willie Collum and, and VAR. So we're the architects of our own demise in all of this. So the, you would say Willie Wally Collum and, and his like. I've been here time immemorial. So and Rangers have played through and we've won league titles. So I I wouldn't be hanging my hat on VR coming to rescue Rangers. That's just uh, that's just clutching at straws for me. Rangers should rescue Rangers. So it would be a uh, self-help is is what we need. We don't need anyone's assistance. We need Rangers to be flying out the traps. You know, learning from previous experiences at Easter Road, we know what's coming and uh, that we should be prepared for that. We should be ready for it. We should be ready to counter it. And we should be ready to work as hard as as required to get the right result. Far too often on Saturday, it was just too slow. No one's... I mean... Ryan Jack, Ryan Jack, I mean, smashing player, love the guy to bits. But uh, on Saturday's performance, no, it's a no from me. I was poor. I think he wasn't at the races, to be fair. He was involved in the second goal, but other than that, he was he wasn't getting close to his man. There was a big drop in physicality in the middle of the park, without a doubt. Um, and the question here for Niran Farr is about bringing in a new midfielder, ASAP. Obviously, the 
the, the transfer window remains open. The rumour mill is that Glenn Kamara potentially could be moving on. Um, if he does go, Mason, what would you like to, to see? I know we're high, potentially looking at either Champions League or not Champions League football, but if Kamara goes, what should we be doing with the money? Oh, it's, we've got to go and get a proper number eight. We've needed one since since Gerard. Well, we haven't spent any money, hardly any money on a, midf- on a, on a midfielder. It's all been free transfers and a rebound uh, Kamara that cost us, what, 300 grand between them? So, and, it, and you can see it a mile off. I mean, again, David, you spot on Brian Jack looks like he's, he's towing a caravan and he's looked like that since the start of the season. I'm a big fan of him and I think he's, he's one of the first names on the team sheet when he's fit. But when he plays like that, he should be nowhere near it. Um, but we, we need a bit of creativity in there. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm sick of number fours, number sixes, whatever you want to call them, that sit in front of the back four, neat and tidy, but don't have no goals or assist in them. We need someone that's going to break the lines, that can see a pass, and they, they cost money. And as you say, Chris, with, with Champions League money, we might go and get one. You know, the, the five, the, the, the one we spoke about last week, Joey Veerman, we, we, weren't, we weren't going to pay the money last season. We, we, we went out the Champions League qualifiers and we ended up with Bakuna. Um, and that's the big worry for me. If we don't get through on Wednesday, is the the, the the transfer targets that we've got, you know, going into the Champions League are going to be far better and take us to a better level than we are if we don't have that Champions League money. So that that that's that's a concern. And and I, and I just think another thing with Geo as well is why play two holding midfielders in Scotland? It is not needed. It is not needed. Get attacking players on the pitch that can go and break down teams, play at pace. So we, if we if we get one more player in and we spend five, six million pounds and that's what it takes to, to just change the dynamics of this team. It, it badly needs it and and I'll be absolutely devastated if we don't go and add a, a quality midfielder before between now and, and the end of the window. I think it's needed. I think I uh, totally agree with what you're saying and it just depends. I think there's a few variables in there in terms of what happens, what happens on Wednesday um, if Kamara does go. Um, but aye, I think it's, it's needed. There's a flatness definitely creeping into our play. Maybe it's been there for a while and um, it's been masked to be other things, been able to get results, like I mentioned last year um, at Hibs. Davey Tomlinson, what's your thoughts on, obviously, the bringing in another player um, before the window before the window closes? How important do you think it is? Very. I think um, what the guys are saying, it was what I've got it written down as well, why are we playing two holding midfielders? And what Mason said, Ryan Jack, he did. He looked like he was uh, pulling a caravan. But we, we need somebody. Joey Fairman would, would probably have been paired. He could, somebody that gets into the uh, into the the room and in between the lines. That that some somebody like that, that that can Tillman. Tillman does it as well. And I, I don't know what was with Tillman at the weekend. I think I think he went off injured against PSV, didn't he? And maybe took maybe had a knock. And they're, they're saving him for tomorrow, hopefully. But um, yeah, he he can certainly play that role as well. But we really need somebody in, uh, somebody in to put Lundstrom as the holding midfielder, and then get someone a box to box midfielder that, that that's going to a sort of a, a young Arfield. But I think that's uh, the, the kind of player we need. Um, obviously, Arfield's. Is, I mean, he's doing well, but he's, he's obviously his legs are not the, the way they were, were ten years ago. So we need a player like that. Definitely need a midfield player. And unfortunately, we keep buying Croc centre centre halves. So now now it looks like uh, Davies is out for a long time as well. So from what I heard, what I was reading yesterday. Uh, so but we've got the worry is as well that Ross Wilson, <laughs> the players he's brought in, are they any better than the players that have uh, the the player Bassey and? Aribo, I don't, I don't, I don't see it at this moment. I really think we've, I really think we've went down and and the the, the team has been backwards instead of forwards with the, with the money we've got. So it's probably it's probably impossible to, to tell about Yelmaz and Davies until we actually see them. But the concern for me is the fact that we've not saw them. That's the that's the worry and the fact that between us as a group we were able to see within five minutes how much Fitba Davies is playing and how much he's actually missed. And it's been a lot um, that he's missed. So I think Yilmaz obviously going to take time. He's a young boy, obviously coming into a new country. We'll need to be very patient with, with that. But I losing, you know, even going back to Balogun, you know, Balogun, Aribo and Bassi, losing their 
physicality, how present they were within big performances. There were probably names at one point that you'd be putting down on a team sheet, you know, uh, every week. Um, so I, it's, I suppose we'll not be able to judge the signings until we see them, but we need to start seeing them. From what I've been reading is that Davies only played 18 games last season as well. So it's it's not just a, a thing that's happening now. It's it's a thing that's been that's been through his career. It's, it's, it's a for Suter. It's a thing that's been through his career. Hellander has went through his career. Why are we keep why are we keep buying these 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 players that play eighteen games a season? I know. Okay, we bought Goldson, Goldson, and and Tavernier. Brilliant. That you can't can't you can't talk about them, but uh, the one the ones we seem to to, to bring in. They're just not getting games at all anywhere. No, it's frustrating. Frustrating watching it doesn't really get any easier for us in terms of opponents because we're playing PSV um, on Wednesday. We've only got a couple of days to go. I'd imagine the players will be heading over there probably um, tomorrow. Davey, Paul, what's your thoughts on um, PSV? We go into that game with a two-each draw, as we know, for, for last week's game at Ibrooks. What's your thoughts on, on that? Easy peasy. No. <laughs> what I'm going to have to do here is uh, delve into my uh, resources of staunchness to get myself positive for this one, because uh, where we are from that game on Saturday, then, and we're up against PSV, against probably our, the biggest game since we played in Seville, and the, I mean, the stakes here are just enormous, and we don't look that well prepared for it. But I'm sure come kickoff, you know, I'll be... Uh, uh, I'll be sashing up as as they say. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but we could have been better prepared. Um, Saturday was not ideal in terms of uh, PSV. This game is massive, massive in terms of you know getting the resources to get the number eight, which which Mason has correctly identified that we're absolutely crying out for. So, for us to take the next step forward, we have to go through this tie on Wednesday. Obviously, the, the fallback position will be back to Europa League, which I suppose that isn't, you know, the. I mean, it's not the end of the world, I suppose, but uh, not to do it would be would be so disappointing. And that having had all this time to to set ourselves up for this, uh, uh, as I said, I'll be digging deep on Wednesday to uh, mm-hmm. when cheering the boys on because if we start on 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 Wednesday as we started on Saturday. It's a no-no. It's just we will be blown away. We will be blown away. So uh, as long as, as Gio understands that, and and the team talk, you know, reflects that. And prior to the game, when uh, that is just unacceptable, uh, the 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 lack of professionalism by by uh, Alfredo on Saturday is that that gives me there's alarm bells in my head as to what goes on in that squad when alfredo thinks that that's a, that's acceptable behavior having been here you know for four years uh, it's it's uh, i just don't know what's going on in that squad so they, however they do it they have to find a way in wednesday to uh, to get us back in this tie get us through this tie and uh, that the healing let the healing begin i say because i'm i'm not hundred percent confident on Wednesday. Mason, what about your your thoughts on on Wednesday? And also pose you a wee question: Would you um, be starting Morelos or Cholak? I'm I'm the same as Davey. I'm not I'm not in a minute. I'm not looking forward to Wednesday because I've seen us start poor now for so many games. Um, you know, another thing is we've scored two goals in the last two games at perfect time before half-time half and come out, just, well, haven't come out. Um, and out there and, and, and the way that they play, you know, defensively, we, we don't look as good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not looking forward to it. It looks like, you know, Lawrence got a knock as well. We don't know if he's 100%. Um, but, you know, one player I would like to, to pick out, though, I thought James Sands was, was excellent Saturday. And I'm not his biggest fan. I've been very critical, actually, of him. And he was he was brilliant. He was by far better than, than his partner again um, at, at the weekend. I think Goldson started the season really poorly, um, and 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 the goal the goal for me the second goal for me if you see it back he, he moves out of the way of it. He doesn't take one in the face. He, he moves out of the way of it. So he's got to, he's got to step it up. And, and it's frustrating we haven't got a fit all them fit centre halves because at times I think he should when he's playing like this he should come out, but we can't because we haven't got no one else to to come in and. 
when you've got players that are just in and know they're starting, that, that's what you get. But yeah, at the minute, I'm just in hope. You know, I'm hoping that we pull out a, an absolute blinding performance and result because we're going to need it um, because PSV will be so confident. I think they've done the groundwork at, at Ibrox last week, which I thought was a, a, a poor result to take out there. I know they're a good side, but I, again, I didn't think we were we were good. Um, so yeah, we've got it all to do. And and, and yeah, the question of, of Cholak or Morelos is Cholak all day long. Morelos for me wouldn't be in the squad. And that's me saying that last week, Wednesday, I'm saying Morelos has got to start next week. But I feel so strongly of what, what he what he come on and done at the weekend that I'd go and put him in the B team and I'd bring Lovelace in the squad. That that's what that's what I'd do and and, and, and that's how strongly I feel. But this is the game you want Morelos fit and firing away in Europe because that is where I can't knock him he's been absolutely brilliant you look at the goals he scored and the performances he just gives us a different dimension I think he's built for European football but it's not a good it doesn't set a good you know for the rest of the team if Gio goes and goes oh, after Saturday yeah, go, there's the shirt so you know big yeah. big decisions for Gio and, and a lot of pressure's building on already um, you know so we've had four bites at Champions League football if we don't get through you know with, with, with Europa League um, last season going out to Malmo uh, not winning the league, and then to, uh, Wednesday night. So we we need to we need to pull out a result, and we need we need that Champions League. Uh we're fit out. We're fit out. Um, probably been less harsh on him because of how much I love him, but um, I would certainly have him on on the bench. But I true like starts for me now, but I would be having him available because he has got a bit of magic in him. Um, as much as he let us down, um, he's still got that wee bit of magic in him. But it's just. Because I love him and I'm blinded by that love, um, I suppose. But uh, Davey Tomlinson, I'll, I'll come to yourself just on your thoughts. I know you were uh, discussing before we came on that PSV have had the benefit of not playing at the weekend. Um, so they'll be relatively fresh. Yeah, yeah. well, they, as I said they've, 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 to you, they've, they've, they've not played. So and there's hardly any information to, to say about them. The only info that I, I've got is that Manchester United are probably definitely going to sign that the guy Gakpo. Um but unfortunately they're letting him play tomorrow so that's uh, that anything that's happening will be will be after tomorrow. Um the only other news I've got is, is actually that they're not going to the the Lord Mayor of uh uh Amsterdam are not allowing PSV supporters into Amsterdam so that's a uh, that's about the only news I've got about PSV. I was going to say last week. I mean, we know PSV. I said I said two weeks ago how how we were going how they were going to play, and I don't I don't think that's going to change much. It's, uh, the 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 danger is in cross balls. That's uh, I, I was going to mention the number four last week as well, but um, because I didn't know his name, I did I didn't mention it. But he 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 came up with it. virtually the exact same goal he scored. I think it was against Goldhead Eagles, and uh, virtually the exact same goal. So he that that's obviously a uh, a warning as well, but they're, they're going to play the exact same way. And uh, the only thing that's going to happen is they're going to um, press us further up the park and try and win the ball back before we get even into their own half, probably. So I see that, um, and it's how we handle that. We certainly never handled it very good in the games that we've played. Anybody that puts pressure on us has us uh, has us running everywhere, and except the good places. So that that's the one thing. How how do we handle the the high press from them and high balls? That that's that's the way they're going to play, and uh, that's it's how we handle it. And just like I said, they're, they're, we'll need to play ten times better uh, than than we have been playing. And you 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 know yourself, high balls is a has been murdered with us. It's, you're you're running the toilet every time every time there's a corner before it, before they take the corner. But um, no, it's uh, the same. It's the same way. They're going to play the same way. I think the I think the big thing we we with the game on Wednesday in terms of our performances away from home is is that they've been poor in the in Europe over the last sort of three or four games. But we've not had a recognised striker. I think we've got right up front in some of the games. Certainly, I was watching. Um, you know. Anxiety through the roof in the away games, you know, in the lead up to the Europa League final. Um, but I think that this game, if we've got Cholak, it's not going to be Morelos, if we're going to be honest. But if we've got Cholak, 
Um, at least we've got somebody leading the line. It's uh, the odds are stacked against us, but it would be what a result if we could go over there and come back and we're in that draw on Thursday. Absolutely no doubt about it. Um, very much looking forward to getting myself over. Um, going over tomorrow and. Um, in Amsterdam for a couple of hours, David, but then I'm going to uh, Eindhoven, so hopefully it's safe enough to be travelling about. But um, I'm looking forward to it, and fingers crossed we can come back and we're in that in that draw for for uh, Thursday, I believe, that they're, they're doing the draw. If not, it's Europa League again. It's been a competition that's been kind to us. Um, still very tricky draws in there, um, but I fingers crossed we can we can get the result. I think, sorry, Chris, I, I think the, the thing is, I think the... Europa League's a better level for us, but I would, we want the money from the Champions League. So I would be quite happy to go to the to the Champions League get through the the playoffs and just end up in third place. I think as it drops down to the to the Europa League, I think that would be the best route for us because once we get into the the, the top teams in the Champions League, we're, we're just going to get. Bloated everywhere. I mean, we're not going. It's going. We're going to be watching four and five nils and three, four, five nils. And I think if, if, for the supporters and the the club, I think it would be just be far better if we can get into the Champions League. Great, play the playoffs and then drop down as, as the third place. I'm not. I'm not convinced it would be because last year on our game we we played Champions League quality teams in Leipzig and Dortmund um, and. We've done them at Ibrox and also done, obviously, Dortmund away. So I'm not convinced it would. I get where you're coming from with that, though. It would be a fear that you would get the doings, obviously. But I'm not utterly convinced. But I, in terms of our club and our pathway, being into the Champions League um, is where we need to be financially and then dropping into the Europa League and going on a run. I, without a doubt, it is more of a standard, without a doubt. But I, I'm, I'm not convinced we would be getting five, six nils, but you never know. I'm not sure. David Paul, we'll come to you for a... Quick round of predictions. You can kick us off in terms of a score for Wednesday. Um, be kind. Well, I think it's for me, Wednesday is important in terms of getting into the Champions League because it's just the next stage in the progression. You know, from having to go through four qualifying rounds when Stevie G came in and we managed to do that. And I think there's only a handful of clubs who have ever gone through the four qualifying ties to get to the Europa League group stages. So we've moved on from there last year. Obviously, we probably exceeded expectations all the way to Seville. I'm hoping that we can maybe take that on a notch and qualify for the group stages of the Champions League. And and as Davies pointed out, you know, absolute worst-case scenario, you end up in a double-header with a team who are in fourth place for, for... you know, to continue in the Europa League. So, yeah, you would have a pop at the first, the top two, but you would certainly be uh, looking to surpass the, the team who are in pot four. Uh, and if we're in pot four, then the team who are in pot three, because that becomes just a, a double header to get you through the, through the group section. But in terms of Wednesday, I mean, I'm going to, as I said, uh, delve into the, the, the staunch reserves here. I'm going to say because I can't say anything other than this, will be a Rangers 2-1 victory after extra time. So I am i won't be putting any money on it though. That's my uh, proviso. So, but come Wednesday I'm sure we'll be, uh, I'll, I'll be well up for it. Because, but I hope Gio, I mean, gives them the team talk of his life because the because of what's at stake, as, as as Mason says, this is our fourth pop at the Champions League. You know, in in the last uh, couple of years, we've fucked the first three. You know, so let's let's do it. Let's go out and do it because I think if we stand off PSV and watch them uh, put, tap it round us, you know, we don't match their commitment. It's going to be a very long evening. We absolutely have to do that as a minimum. That's a worry. That's, that's a worry for me that if we play deep like the, the model that he's kind of put in and uh, got us to Seville, but ultimately we, we then brought teams back to Ibrox and that's what probably ended up beating them, you know. So uh, we'll see how he we, how we attacks the second leg on Wednesday. Mason, um, quick prediction from yourself. I don't want to sound like a miserable bastard I have all night, to be honest. So, but... Yeah, it's gonna. It's gonna. It's gonna be be so so tough as as all the reasons Davy spoke about. Hopefully, as well, David T says that that Gakpo that Man United are gonna pay a lot of money and he don't play and they have an off night and, and we we turn it on big time. The, the big one for me going out there is 
with, with, Cho, with Cholac, he's, he's done really well, but he's going to lead the line. He needs to hold the ball up and get us up the pitch. That is going to be absolutely massive for us on Wednesday night. Um, still not sure who he picks in the midfield because, you know, Jack, Kamara, it wasn't even the squad, you know, he might be away. What does he go with Dave? Does he go with Davis again? Um, it's, 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 it's a real tough one, but if you've got to go for a prediction, us winning at the moment, um, I don't want it, but the only way I could see it would be penalties and we, we, we defend for our lives and we haven't done that well enough away from home, as you said, Chris. Um, um, you know, Leipzig wasn't, wasn't terrible, but, um, yeah, I just, I just going out there and beating them. You know, I think, I think our best hope is to go into extra time and see what they've got then, and, and hopefully we can nick it. Yeah, I mean, we, the the other games away from home, it was trying to keep the score down really, wasn't it, so that we could bring it to Ibrooks And I suppose that's my worry because we we can't really afford to do that. We need to take the game to them. But penalties, man, Jesus, yeah, anxiety thinking about that one. Um, David Tomlinson, what's your uh, prediction for Wednesday? Um, well, I think we'll finish with 11 men. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my biggest one. Um, no, uh, I'm really negative about it, but um, I'm going to I'm going to go positive and say we'll get through in penalties. It'll be one each, and we'll get through in penalties. <laughs> penalties again, penalties. Um, I'm going to go with just purely for a positive perspective because I'm I'm making the effort to go over there so I'm, I'm, I'll try not to be doing and gone. I think we'll win 2-1 on the night um, and I think Marie also scored a second and um, we have about 10 minutes to go and everybody will love him again and forget what happened at Easter Road but I'm 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 just basing that purely on a fan's perspective if I was thinking about my on a head perspective and looking at kind of how we've played in the last games I, the odds are stacked against us if we're going to be brutally honest Um However, um, I'm just going to go to one Rangers and try and cling on to that for the next few days and use that to kind of keep me going. But thanks for uh, tonight, guys. Cheers for, for uh, coming on the podcast and um, contributing. Cheers to anybody that um, put some some messages in, some good ones, some great points about the players. Um, and hopefully um, we'll be talking about Rangers in the Champions League shortly. Um, but if not, we've got the comfort of the Europa League and I agree with you, David Tomlinson. Hopefully we finish the game with 11 players um, on Wednesday. So, aye. Good luck to Rangers on Wednesday and cheers everybody for tuning in.